everyone has, like, their own definition of a power suit. So what would your power suit look like? This is Dress Codes, stories of independence and style, a show from New Balance and Gimlet Creative. I'm Emily Spivak. I'm an artist and a writer, and I'm the author of Worn Stories, a book all about clothing and memory. I also write a column for The New York Times called The Story of a Thing. I've spent a lot of time thinking about clothes. Not fashion, but clothes. Clothes are utilitarian, but they're also a way to communicate with the people around us without saying a word. And they do this other thing. Clothes mark specific times in our lives, and they can bring us right back to those moments. Like when I wear this one pink sweatshirt, I'm reminded of when I was six years old, when all I wore was pink and purple, and when my entire life was about dreading dodgeball in Mr. Markley's gym class. Our clothes tell us a lot about who we are and how we evolve. In this series, I talk with people who influence culture in exciting and unexpected ways. From artists to entrepreneurs, designers to athletes, people with distinct styles talking about the clothes that mark key moments in their lives. Today, Ray Tutera. Like, if you want to see someone look like they they were born too small, for everything in this world, pass me a hat or a pair of glasses or any clothes that were designed for adults. None of it is proportional. Ray is a partner at a custom suiting shop called Bindle and Keep. The shop's known for suiting people of all gender identities, and people come from all over to get fitted. For a lot of their clients, getting a suit that fits, whatever their body shape or identity, is a really big deal. It gives them the confidence to be exactly who they want to be. Their studio is in an industrial warehouse in Brooklyn. When you walk in the door, you're greeted by a big, fluffy dog named Albert. The company's founder, Daniel Friedman, might offer you a whiskey. And then Ray takes out their measuring tape. We always start with the shoulder. And like right as I sort of extend the measuring tape across a person's shoulders, they say, oh, uh, before we really get started, you should know this or that about me. Ray identifies as transmasculine, and they struggled to find clothes that fit for most of their life, clothing that worked for their small frame and gender identity. But something happened the first time they put on a well-cut custom suit. I know it did something to my brain when I took this, like, symbol of cis, heteronormative, male power, and I put it on me. Ray believes that a suit that fits can change the way you feel about yourself. And that belief set them on a path to redefine an age-old trade. I wanted to be the person who, when a client comes in for a suit, um, I wanted to be there to welcome them, not question any of their needs, and just sort of listen and make sure that they were getting what they asked for and that their identity was taken seriously. A lot of folks who come to their studio are looking for a suit for a special occasion. But the Bindle and Keep team also makes suits for recently exonerated people getting back on their feet 
and ultra-Orthodox Jews transitioning to secular life. There's a real power that comes from feeling at home in your clothes. For Ray, this took time. Ray joined me in our studios in New York to talk about the items of clothing that made them. Each is a chapter of their story. Ray's first item is a New York Knicks basketball jersey, Patrick Ewing, number 33. I was like a very visibly gay, quiet, very loving kid who wore basketball jerseys every day. I like basically had the same hair as Pat Riley. Pat Riley was the coach of the Knicks. It looked like you could knock on it because there's like so much stuff in it. I was like pretty committed to being a basketball freak. And I was convinced that even though I was assigned female at birth and seven years old and already like pretty short for my age, that I was going to be in the NBA. I was really good. I played with the Harlem Globetrotters when I was a kid. They needed a very like tiny ball handler and I happened to be really good at like rolling a basketball across my shoulders and like spinning and ball on my finger and doing all these kind of insane things. I think a hallmark of being a kid is like being sort of embarrassed in your body and being uncoordinated. And the one place where I wasn't embarrassed in my body or uncoordinated was on a basketball court. But outside the context of basketball, I didn't really know what my body was for. Ray's second item is a gray and black flannel shirt from J. Crew. They wore it on their first date with their wife, Mimi. And the big flannel is like a classic buffalo plaid, a small, and it's not a slim fit. Therefore, it's very big on me. I remember Mimi was dressed really nicely. She's wearing like a high-waisted skirt and like her shirt was tucked in. So like her waist was visible and, and she was wearing lipstick. And I was like, oh, because that meant it was re- a real date. The big flannels, they like kind of bought me time, you know, to sort of get sturdy enough to actually confront having a body and having to live in it for the rest of my life. As I felt sturdier as a person, I was able to stop layering clothes over myself to hide. But also something that accelerated the evolution of how I dressed myself was when I bought my first binder. It flattens out your chest for you so that you appear to be flat-chested. And I tried it on, I think, for the first time in her bedroom and then, like, put a T-shirt on and was like, wow, this thing works. Like, I think I'm going to wear this, like, for the rest of my life. Ray's third item is a charcoal gray custom suit, the first thing that truly fit them. I needed to get something to wear that would make me feel more like myself. And a custom suit seemed like the only possible path to the kind of self-possession I wanted because I felt stressed out by the idea of going into, like, 
a Brooks Brothers or something like that and trying on, like, boys' clothes. I went to the storefront in the East 50s. It was one of those storefronts where you can, like, see everything that's going on inside, but you have to, like, ring a doorbell. I was like, I have an appointment. I have every right to ring this bell and to, like, swipe a credit card in the store, but I felt like I was trespassing. Then there was a, a tailor, and right off the bat, I was like, please make please me a men's suit. suit. Please make me a men's suit. Like, just over and over again. And I'm pretty sure he came out right away and told me that I was very beautiful. And that's when I was like, oh, shit. I'm sure I said thank you, but I was also like, what does that mean in terms of what you're going to make me as a suit? I really don't want you to make me what you would consider to be a women's suit. And I felt deeply uncomfortable being measured. But I do remember taking my first custom suit home and spending a little time in it by myself. It fit me, and it made me, like, make eye contact with my body and my silhouette for the first time, consciously, as an adult. Ray felt at home in the suit. And this was a feeling they hoped everyone could experience, but without the discomfort of having to explain themselves. From then on, custom suiting was on Ray's mind. Though it was the comedian and drag king Murray Hill who would ultimately lead Ray to their calling. Claire, I'm reading your mind. She's thinking, is it a man or a woman? Is it a man or a woman? Claire, the answer is no. I had seen Murray when I was like a teenager, and Murray's suits always just like hung off of him. And then suddenly, like, his sleeves were, like, the right length and, like, his jackets fit a little bit better. And he just was performing better, I felt. And I was like, who's making Murray suits? I'm Daniel Friedman. I'm the founder of Bindle and Keep. Murray's having been a client of Daniel's was enough information for me. That was all I needed. I sent Daniel, like, a bunch of emails asking if he was looking for an apprentice from June 13th, 2012, and it says, To whom it may concern, good afternoon. I am an archivist and non-practicing librarian who's becoming more, more and more seriously interested in fine menswear and would very sincerely appreciate any opportunity to work and learn among you folks. There's plural. Oh, you right, there weren't any. I thought you were a company. I thought you were a company. It was just you. Right. Yeah. I had a big black suitcase full of fabrics, a few measurement templates, and... Uh, and measuring tape. That was my company. When I started this company, I was making suits for cis male Wall Street type people. Then I met Ray, and then we're making suits for everybody. Daniel came to the table with a skill set that I'll just like summarize quickly as tailoring. And I came to the table with my own skill set, which was like gender or people, whatever you want to call it. Less of a tailor and more as just, like, someone for moral support. When people come in and they say, I want a suit, um, you know, I'm a cis female, but I want a men's suit, you're not like, okay, well, what's my philosophy on this suit? You're like, that's 800 bucks. I mean, treat everyone's money like it's the same. Um, and that's what we did. I mean, Ray taught me how to communicate. Ray used to give me pointers after we go to fittings. 
I didn't know what the term cis male was. I didn't know what the term cis female was. It took some time to understand that there's a very nuanced way to communicate with people so they can feel comfortable enough to trust you. Every unpleasant experience I have as a person, I'm like, now how do we make, th make sure that doesn't happen to anyone else? Just gonna trade mirrors for a second. Uh, wow. <laughs> radiant, not just the suit. Yeah. You're radiant too. Yeah. Ray's fourth item is a crisp, clean white t shirt. A white t shirt? That's all there is to it. It's such a good look. I can wear a white t shirt. And that was not something I did in my past lives. And I had this fantasy, which I think a lot of folks have about wearing a white t-shirt without having anything visible through it. Just like my body and then the white t-shirt, nothing else. A simple dream. Now I can just wear a t-shirt. And of course that has something to do with top surgery. Like I'm not wearing an undergarment. So that's when I inaugurated my first white t-shirt. Just slipped it on over my body. Just me and my body. It's so simple, but it's like one of the most liberating things. It's like the most exciting thing you could do. That was Ray Tutera of the custom suiting shop Bindle & Keep. When we spoke, they were wearing army green chinos and a gray cable knit sweater over a white t-shirt. What are the items from your life that made you? Use the hashtag MyDressCode and let us know. Here's one of mine. My black knee-length tutu. It reminds me of that summer before my first year of college. I was temping at a bank and didn't understand what casual Friday meant. So I showed up to work one Friday wearing that knee-length black tutu with five-inch platform boots. Next time on Dress Codes, a silk scarf, a comb, a sequin gown, from the woman who is revolutionizing black hair in Hollywood. I sent out memos and emails to all the actors. Don't straighten your hair. Come in with your hair natural and clean. And they looked at me like, are you serious? Dress Codes is a production of Gimlet Creative and New Balance. Our website is gimletcreative.com slash dresscodes. Subscribe to the show in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're produced by Emily Foreman, James T. Green, and Carrie Ann Thomas. Abby Ruzica is our senior producer. Sarah Geis is our editor. Music and mixing by Marcus Bagala. I'm Emily Spivak, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at mspivak. That's E-M-S-P-I-V-A-C-K. Thanks for listening and see you next time.